Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello, you're listening to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim where we review the Suicide Squad and we have James Gunn dropping by to have a chat. Let's get into it. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. Yep, and in this episode, we're talking The Suicide Squad with James Gunn, Tim. James Gunn, the man himself. Yeah. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad follows supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, Captain Boomerang, and a huge collection of the worst prisoners from Bell Reef Prison as they join the Super Shady Task Force X for a secret mission on the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. The film is written and directed by the legend James Gunn and it's based on the DC comics by John Ostrander. Mm -hmm. Now, the movie stars so many people that we can't list them all, but let's go with Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Viola Davis, Alice Braga, Sylvester Stallone, more, 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 more. More, more, give me more. Cast of thousands in this. It is. Now, first and foremost... It's important to note that this is not a sequel to Suicide Squad. Mm. It's a standalone film. Yes. Not really a reboot either, is it? Or is it? It certainly carries a lot of baggage and a mm. few headlines that you can interpret however you like. Some people might say it's a sequel. Some people might say mm. it's a reboot. Some people might say it's, which is my favourite, reimagining. <laughs> What would you call it? 
Well, the filmmakers are very adamant that it's a standalone film and I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's got legs enough to stand on its own but it does weave in some threads. It takes little bits from other characters and other films and, yes. and weaves it in but it's very much its own film. Yes, absolutely. I guess we should talk first as well about how James Gunn ended up at DC because he is obviously a renowned Marvel director, among other things mm. that he's done, obviously. But recently he's been known for doing the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, and he's still tipped to film Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 so he yep. would complete that trilogy. Mm. But, yeah, it is a really interesting story how he ended up filming for Warner Brothers for the competitor extended Mm. cinema universe in DC. How did that come about? Well, some tweets surfaced, some old tweets that were, you know, questionable. And he was actually fired from his role to appease the masses, if you will. Yes. But immediately Warner Brothers picked him up, like, quickly. And he agreed to do the Suicide Squad if he could have complete control. And, you know, this is almost unheard of. They were like, you do you, we'll give you the money, have a huge budget, do whatever you want to do. I mean, that's unheard of. Really. Really unheard of. But my God, did it pay off and they couldn't have done it with a better filmmaker than James Gunn. And then all of a sudden Marvel realised or Disney realised the error of their ways and asked him to come back to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume (laughs) 3. Yes, and we can't wait to see that one. But this is the thing that jumps out for me here Mm -hmm. when talking about James Gunn from the horribly beautiful mind of writer-director James Gunn. Mm -hmm. And I think that, as a marketing tagline, best describes what Gunn has done here. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Horribly beautiful mind. If that just doesn't encapsulate the man, I don't know what does. (laughs) He immediately sets the tone with the opening scene in this film where Savant, Mm. played by Michael Rooker, is called upon to join Task Force X. Now, when that opening scene happened... I was going, oh, I'm so excited for this movie. And we can't give too much away, but then I just kind of went, oh, okay, that's the kind of movie it's going to be. And I was just <laughs> on board immediately. That is exactly the reaction that was elicited watching this film, <laughs> not only at the beginning, which is yeah. right and true, but constantly throughout. It just came at you from all angles. And what James Gunn has done, he has created a very visceral film, mm. one that I was half expecting but not to the extent that he delivered I I think and I don't know what it is about trailers but I never felt fully convinced about this film leading into leading into the release however I was all in very quickly with this film and I did not look back for a second well it's really hard to balance the number of cast that he has in this film Mm. with a decent story and I don't think anyone could do it as good as James Gunn can do it I agree. Like James Gunn has always been a big fan of the Suicide Squad comics, which is important Mm. to call out, I think, here. And as a writer, for him, the idea of redemption and morality for these characters is a compelling one for him. Mm. Uh, And I think he just delivered in spades in finding that balance with all this weird, wacky list of characters, right? Wacky is an understatement. I spent (laughs) a lot of time in this movie saying, what the hell, in a good way. In a really yes. good way. It's nuts, but a superhero or anti-hero film should be fun. Yes. Fun is a word that kind of at times is missing from DC because it's mm. really dark and gritty and all those things that, that we know and love about DC. Mm. But James Gunn here has injected F-U-N exclamation mark <laughs> into this world. Yeah. And I just love it. And it's hard to do when you think about the fact that the premise 
you know, he said he was influenced by war caper films like The Dirty Dozen mm. and Kelly's Heroes and and you feel that. It's gritty. It is gritty, but then also just so colourful. And James Gunn is the kind of director that can balance big ensemble casts without sidelining the story. Yes, and he's done that very successfully in Guardians of the Galaxy. But I feel like this is like that on crack Mm. for more than one reason, but just the sheer volume of characters that he has to balance and it's just a a brilliant balancing act. And it shows what you can do or what can be produced when you take a talented filmmaker who really knows and loves the source material and then have the faith to give him free reign to take risks and create something spectacular and outlandish. And he took a lot of risks in this film, but they really paid off. Well, he was very upfront uh, for a long time about don't get too attached to characters because he just Mm. this one falls and that one falls. And it's kind of part of the charm in the movie. You get attached to a character and then they're gone. Yeah. Uh, But then you do often get to reconnect with characters at a more deeply level, which we'll go into. But wouldn't you be nervous if you as a, I don't know what Warner Brothers were thinking. It clearly paid off is what I'm getting at. But you run the risk of a filmmaker becoming insanely incessantly self-indulgent but I didn't feel Mm. that from this take that James Gunn gave one thing I want to pull out though is the way he plays with linear time in this film yes you know it jumps back in time to show parallel events and how they've come together and I thought that was really interesting did you find it worked seamlessly I think it worked really really well Mm. and I think that it wasn't like maybe a normal way of doing it because when you're saying that he's messing with time He doesn't have to go back very far. There was a moment where it was like eight minutes Mm. earlier, just eight minutes, like not Mm. three months ago or not 24 hours. It's like eight minutes. And you're like, holy shit, what have we just explored? And what else is happening in parallel within that eight minutes? And I thought that was really compelling. And I think that's a good way of doing it because you have so many characters doing so many different things. They can't all be together at the same time because it just doesn't make sense. But, yeah, you need to know what this group of characters have been doing while this other group of characters were doing this other thing. And, it's, yeah, it's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, but done very, very well. And I think it's kind of like him loving every character and subplot and wanting to give it to us in its glorious fashion that he does. And to, to do that in such a creative way is pretty cool. So we asked James Gunn to give us a little insight into what's unique about his directing style, and here's what he had to say. Here's the deal. We failed the mission. You die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. James, the cast have said you created a unique atmosphere on set. From your perspective, what is unique about the way you approach your job as a director? Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know because I haven't been on too many other sets in my life, so... I don't really know. I haven't been around a lot of directors. Um, I just know what I do. And I just, I have the movie in my mind that I want to get to. And I'll do anything I have to do to get to that idea. Um, And I learned making movies in a variety of different ways. But one of the ways was I was in love with old Hong Kong action movies. I thought their action was so superior to ours in the late 80s and early 90s. And I would watch the movies. I would watch them in slow motion. I would draw all the shots and figure out exactly how they were doing what they were doing. Now, as I come to learn and talk to Hollywood and to Hong Kong directors, they weren't really planning everything out, but I thought they were. And so I started planning every single thing out in my movies from the go. And I do plan everything out, but I also have a way of 
manipulating things and letting things change if the moment arises. And so it's it's both an incredibly controlling, but also I think incredibly free atmosphere. And that contrast is what is my movies over other people's movies. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you don't. What? No. If you cough without covering your mouth. Harley, although that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. How cool is James Gunn, Tim? The coolest, coolest cat in town. <laughs> Let's talk about the visual palette, okay, and the production design of this. Yes, please. The best thing about it, dare I say. Every shot in this movie is filmed so precisely. There's no accidental shot here. It's all carefully and deliberately crafted and you really feel James Gunn's hand on it all, don't you? Oh, yes. Unmistakable hand. He's also a big fan of in-camera stunts and action, which I really miss in a lot of CGI films. When you get these big superhero blockbusters, so much of it is CGI. Mm. But when you take it in camera, it really brings that realism, dare I say, or that grittiness down. Well, it's it's so interesting that you say realism within this world of a comic book film. but. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think it's it's taken from him paying homage to like those 70s era war films that you referenced at the top mm. of the episode. And that aesthetic was partly achieved through its mammoth task of shooting as much of the action in camera mm. uh, and through tangible sets and all the incredible stunt work in and around it. And we've mentioned already that he injected a lot of colour and fun into DC in such creative ways. It's not just the costumes and the character design, though, but there's artistic flourishes or hyper-realism, if you want to call it that. I want to call out the scene with Harley Quinn in an aviary with all these birds, and it's lit in such a gorgeous way. So beautiful. All these creative choices just come together so beautifully. But I guess that comes from... From my perspective, him intimately knowing the character and Harley Quinn is, Mm. in the simplest of forms, an incredibly colourful person. Yeah. Like she's got so many complexities and layers to her, but it works so well in that moment with Mm. Harley and you just lap it up. And this film has an R rating, which we haven't mentioned yet, but it deserves it. 100% 100% deserves <laughs> it. It's quite graphic in places, isn't it? But but the graphic violence is brief enough and stylized enough that it doesn't feel over the top. Like it definitely does not hold back on the gore. Yeah. That is a headline. But you see everything, but it's not distracting. And do you – you you love this. You love yeah. that sort of blood splatter and stuff. Yeah. And you said that in a recent – film and review of Mortal Kombat that it was quite mm. beautiful. Did you feel the same with this? That was going to be my next point. There's beauty mm. in these really disgusting moments because of the way it's framed and the way it's shot yeah. and just, oh, the colour of it. Like he just uses colour in such a genius way. And I think Beth Mickle, who was the production designer, had a mean task on her hands, but mm. she definitely got her hands dirty here with her team uh, in the production design space. Like she realised the incredible gritty and real world Mm. that James Gunn had the vision for, but was able to then inject, help inject that intense colour into the the fabric of this film as well. So hats off to Beth, oh my goodness. Before we throw to James Gunn to hear about, you know, his use of colour and and the choices that he'd made there, another thing I really want to call out about the production design is the way they mark time and locations – in the film. It's just so creative. They have like an intertitle that will be folded into the landscape, like seaweed washing up on the beach that the team lands on. And I 
really loved that every time it happened. It was just a great way to set the time and place. It For me, it felt like, to simplify it, like, where's Wally? I was like, oh, there's another one of those, like, mm. uh, scene transitions, really creative scene transitions. And I wrote every single one down <laughs> and the sorts of things that they used. You've called out a few, like, they use bubbles, roots. Yes, the roots, yes. Dirt, fire, yes. so on and so forth. I loved it. I was like, oh, there's another one. Note that down. It was kind of, yeah, good fun. All right, well, on that note, Tim, let's hear from James Gunn himself about the production design and his use of colour. This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. We are in love with the colour palette and visually stunning shots here, especially the climax with Harley and Starro. Given DC is historically darker in tone, why was injecting such colour into the Suicide Squad so important to you? Well, I just, you know, really a lot of the colour just comes from the environment. And I knew we were telling a story that took place in a Latin American country. And for anybody who's ever been to most any Latin American country, one of the things that you notice about driving through their cities is this bright use of colour. When I wrote The City of Ali Damar, which is in Corto Maltese, I wrote it as being sort of like Havana in Cuba. That's really where a place I had visited. It was a beautiful place. It was very uh, decrepit, but also incredibly beautiful with so many layers of color, but, you know, very, very gritty color because it's all, you know, chipped and painted with layers of color under layers of color under layers of color. So I wanted to, to capture something like that. We discussed shooting in Havana that really wasn't an option. And so we found the city of Cologne, Panama which is that. And we kind of kept that bright color of Panama and what we saw as Corto Maltese throughout the whole movie. But it does, it is gritty. It's an incredibly gritty atmosphere. It's just colorful. And so I like the contrast of the colorful with the grit. We love the rain. It's like angels are smooching all over us. So great to get that insight from James Gunn. Now, Lee, I want to jump into characters and performances Mm -hmm. because there's lots to cover off here what stood out for you we've said it already but there's a cast of thousands in this film i think there might have been actually 17 or so leads i don't know if that's an exact number but what amazed me was that there was still room for connection and nuance in the characters relationships like james gunn had the whole of the dc canon to choose from and he's cherry picked Mm. this collection that works so well together in this story (laughs) and everyone somehow gets their moment. It might not be a big moment, but they get their moment. Well, one of my favourite moments in the film, and there were many, but it was Weasel. Just the character of Weasel was (laughs) fucking gold. And this isn't a spoiler, but there's one thing that is revealed at the beginning of the movie that he can't swim, right? And the (laughs) operation is to drop them into the ocean to then crawl up onto the beach. Yeah. And the look that Viola Davis's character gave when she found out that Weasel can't swim and that was the <laughs> choice in, to start this task was absolutely got. She was the queen of yeah. looks in this movie. My yeah. God. So much of the situational humour in this film comes from the cast. You know, you've got a giant shark trying to sneak through the jungle. <laughs> just <laughs> come on. Even just even just saying that, you can picture it in your head. Yeah. And then you've also got the one-upmanship between Peacemaker and Bloodsport. Or, you know, Polka Dot Man seeing his mother everywhere. Oh, or, that was gold. Or, or simply TDK, who's played by Nathan Fillion, who there was a lot of speculation around 
who his character was. He's in this mm. hilarious fight scene that I can't give anything away, but I was peeing myself with laughter, absolutely peeing myself with laughter. It would be such a disservice to you if we revealed all this stuff because there's just so much to enjoy in the yeah. moment, be it fleeting or otherwise, like just oh, just go in and have yeah. fun here, guys, with some of these characters. The standout, though, for me, the standout character was Ratcatcher 2. Yes. She's the real hero of the film who's played by Daniela Melchior mm. and she brings an innocence and a real heart into the movie. Yeah, a bit of youth and her backstory was really tender mm. and quite comforting. I don't know because it was about a father-daughter relationship mm. and you think, okay, how can you connect so much with someone who their skill is to control rats? Right. But you really did connect with her more than anyone. Yeah. You're right. Can I just mention, this is just a little bit of trivia for you, okay? One of the rats used that she interacts with, one of the real rats, mm. was named Crisp Rat. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Really? Crisp Rat. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. When I watch this movie again, I'm going to look at that rat very that differently is- now. So funny, so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, she was a really beautiful character and that, again, goes to show that he can bring real heart into the movie in really interesting ways. Um, yeah. I also felt that Harley Quinn was truer to her nature in this and character arc than we've seen in a lot of recent incarnations. You know, she's not just this silly nutcase. She's not right in the head because of what she's experienced and you get a glimpse of that. I mean, as James Gunn has said, in the middle of the movie, just – go off on like a 15-minute solo journey of Harley Quinn's story, which is you wouldn't (laughs) normally do, but it works. It worked. It really, really worked. She was very different in this film. She was ready for battle. Mm. She didn't have as much baggage. She knew who she was more in, you know, whatever that means to some absolute psychopath like she is. Yeah, and the design of Harley too. I mean, she's pretty in this one, which we don't often get maybe. Like she's... Mm. Usually a bit more tomboyish, maybe? Yeah. Is that is mm. that accurate? I don't know, in, in films at least. Anyway, but we've got pretty Harley Quinn who's also gritty and messy and tough and it was just the perfect balance. We got it all. You called out earlier the relationship between Bloodsport, mm. played by Idris Elba, and Peacemaker, who also yep. is played brilliantly by John Cena. And <laughs> they, they, they play out this uh, real competitiveness, right? Yeah. Because arguably they have very similar skills yeah except peacemaker is just this absolute douchebag uh and he's kind of the attention seeking one but of course for the greater good for yep. peace ultimately but how cool was blood sports weapons like part of his costume and everything yeah. i was absolutely fascinated by that design all of the character designs were just amazing. Even Polka Dot Man, which you just think is mm. the most ridiculous character, but the way they brought it to life was really, really good. I mean, there's always rich territory with a guy with mummy issues and, <laughs> you know, James Gunn just took it to a whole other level here, oh, didn't he? Loved it, Tim. Loved it. And we can't talk about a James Gunn film without talking about the music and the soundtrack, okay? So mm. soundtrack is such an important part of James Gunn's projects. He actually is known for writing his soundtrack into his scripts. So he has really strong ideas about what he wants in there at certain points. To the point where John Murphy, who wrote the score, he wrote a lot of that beforehand. And James Gunn played John Murphy's score on set to help guide the scenes, uh, you know, the way the camera mm. was moving and in help inform the actors. And it's actually something that James Gunn uses with his choice of popular music. He sometimes 
plays that on set just to give the vibe to the actors because yeah. uh, he knows exactly the tune, the song that he's going to play in that in that moment of usually slow-mo, which just is awesome. It really sets the tone immediately, doesn't it? Again, in the beginning of the film when he plays Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues where, you know, we're at yeah. Belle Reve Prison and Savant is getting drafted into Task Force X. It just, yeah, everything just comes together in this perfect tapestry that sets the tone, lets you know what's going to happen and then delivers more than you expect. Yeah, and I think that if you listen back to the soundtrack of The Suicide Squad, it will take you back to those visual moments of when he used it. Mm. So it's not just like an undertone. It is is more than just surface level. It is in the sphere mm. of what is happening on screen. It elevates it. And it's it. just so brilliant. It elevates it. Yes, it's right. Yeah. So to wrap up, Tim, how would you encapsulate, if you can, The Suicide Squad? Okay, I've given it a bit of a crack, so here we go. Violent as fuck, hilarious <laughs> and surprisingly heartfelt. James Gunn is a master in balancing tone and boy does this film deliver on its promises. It is a wild ride that he had me cheering, cringing and screaming for more. One of the best comic book films ever made. The only thing I do struggle with here is that it is still part of a cinematic universe that has never had any direction. So where does it fit? And will we get more of these kinds of movies in the DCEU? Or is this just a big and brilliant one and done cock tease? Time will tell. <laughs> but all I can say is give this film a watch and don't tell me you didn't have a bloody good time watching it. I'm going to rate The Suicide Squad four popcorn kernels. Wow, Tim. Well said. Well said. That felt very fitting. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> James Gunn has created a visually stunning thrill ride that blasts from one moment to the next in an explosion of colour, wonderfully depraved wit and violent action. From the story and the fantastic cast to the soundtrack and the creative choices, right down to the way the shots are framed, The Suicide Squad is a load of fun from start to finish that stays true to the anarchic source material. I'd say this is the best DC film in years and I'm going to rate The Suicide Squad four and a half popcorn kernels out of five. Oh, gosh, love that. Well, I think it's safe to say we both really liked The Suicide Squad and we hope that you do too. Yes, and you can see The Suicide Squad in Australian cinemas from August 5, pending lockdown restrictions, so check your local cinema for details. All right, guys, that about wraps it up for this bonus episode where we reviewed The Suicide Squad and had a quick chat with James Gunn, the director. Loved it. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. If you enjoy our episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Alexa, and where all good podcasts are found. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 